This episode of the AT Tips Cast is sponsored by the Practical and Fun Guide to Assistive Technology in Public Schools. Pirates, monsters, monkeys, and more keep you engaged as you learn tips, strategies, and insights that will help improve your assistive technology program. You can learn more about the book with the orange cover from the website www.isti.org slash chewat. That's isti.org slash chewat. And you can continue the experience online by connecting with other readers by liking the book on Facebook. Go to bit.ly slash atbookfb. That's bit.ly slash atbookfb and become part of the community that's having fun being practical. Welcome to the first episode of Season 6 of the AT Tips Cast, exploring and investigating the implementation of assistive technology in public schools. I'm your host, Chris Bouguet. This is episode 101, recorded on September 4th, 2012. Welcome back, everyone! Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. By now, if you're in education, you've probably heard of the term universal design for learning. You've probably learned about what it means and have at least begun to think about what it means to you and your students. But now that you know about UDL, what comes next? Where do you go once you've learned about the theory? AT tip number 288 is embedded into something I'm calling UDL Next. What is UDL Next? It isn't a new version of UDL, it's just what's coming next in the implementation phase. When an educator has learned about UDL and has begun to plan lessons using this framework, they begin to see the world differently. They might begin to think that their understanding of UDL is complete. They don't need training anymore in the ways of the Force. They have become a UDL Jedi. No more training do you require. Already know you. That which you need. So what do they do next? What comes now once you know about UDL? What is UDL next? To me, the answer is tools and strategies. There is a never-ending stream of tools and strategies to be discovered. Each time you hear about a new strategy or learn about a new tool, you can ask yourself the following questions. Will this tool help me to represent information in a way to match the needs of different learners? Which types of students or which specific students will find this tool engaging? And how can I use this tool to help students express what they know? It might be helpful to think of it as putting on a pair of UDL glasses. Before, you were seeing the world all fuzzy-like, but because you had seen the world that way your whole life, you didn't know things were blurry. Then, you hear about this awesome invention called glasses, and you try them on, and wow, everything becomes sharper and more defined. This is what the world really looks like. Now, with your glasses on, when you hear about new tools and strategies, you view them through the lens of UDL. Moreover, school systems can use these UDL glasses while looking at every decision that needs to be made regarding items that will impact instruction. If the district is considering spending money on technology, they have to make a choice. There's only so much money available, so to help decide if a tool is a good purchase, they should ask themselves the following questions. Which tools allow educators the greatest ability to provide options? Which tools will help educators represent information in a way to match the needs of different learners? 
Can educators use these tools to help engage students? Can educators use this tool to help students express what they know? Let's go through an example with our UDL glasses on. All right, glasses on, everyone. Here's a new tool that you've just heard about. I'm calling it ATTIP number 288, and it's spiderscribe.net, which is a web-based graphic organizing tool. Like most web-based graphic organizers, it comes with a wide array of free options and additional options you can utilize if you pay for a premium membership. Focusing only on the free, spiderscribe.net allows a user to create an unlimited number of public maps, maintain three private maps, and provides three megabytes worth of file and image space for uploading purposes to be placed in the mind map you're creating. It allows you to add cells of text, files, images, geographic maps, and calendar items. With our UDL glasses on, we explore this tool asking ourselves the UDL Next questions. Can this tool provide me with another way to represent information to students? In the case of spiderscribe.net, it provides the educator with a new way to represent information visually, laying out maps in different arrays as necessary to make the content understandable. Because you can upload audio files and embed hyperlinks, it can allow students the option to listen to content if they so choose. The tool provides me with options for different ways to represent information. Does spiderscribe.net provide students with another option for how to express themselves? Again, I think the answer is yes. The tool allows students to arrange elements on a page, create new elements using a variety of file formats, and to share the work with others. For these reasons, it provides students with options for different ways to express what they know. Does spiderscribe.net provide me with a way to engage students? And who would find this tool engaging? Once again, for me, the answer is yes. The tool allows users to create rich, visually appealing maps with the ability to embed a variety of media types. In this way, it can be used to engage learners who like to move things around and manipulate elements on a screen, who like to type in short, predefined areas as opposed to a big, white, blank canvas or space, or those who like to embed and utilize multimedia components, and those who like to collaborate with others. The tool doesn't force or necessitate any of these factors. Rather, it's flexible to meet the needs of many types of learners, allowing the educator and students a variety of options. For any tool being considered, if the answer is yes to all of these questions, then the tool or strategy in question might be a good one to use. That's not to say there wouldn't be other criteria you'd consider, but by viewing the specifics of a tool through UDL glasses, we develop a good start at how to examine the effectiveness of a tool or strategy. So, what do your UDL glasses look like? Do they have bright stars on the frames? Do they have the letters UDL on them, like a set of New Year's Eve glasses? Or maybe they have Deedlybopper sticking off the sides. Mine? Well, mine look like Neos from the Matrix. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. Speaking of the Matrix, maybe it helps to think of it like taking the blue pill in the Matrix. Once you've swallowed the pill, you can never unsee the world as it truly exists. Once you know about UDL, you can't ever see teaching in another way. But what does Neo do then after he takes that blue pill? He sets off to change the world or to save it. If you know about UDL, if you've swallowed the blue pill, then that should be your mission too. Set off to change the world. Set off to spread the word. Go off and do more good beyond your walls. What do Luke and Leia do after they defeat the Empire? Is the story over, or is there more good they can do? 
Okay, I'm mixing movies there, but you get the idea. You know about UDL. You have a process to evaluate tools and strategies at your disposal. You have a way to evaluate new tools and strategies that you hear about. You have a process for how to view every decision in education, and now you have a responsibility to tell others. I'm going to show them a world. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. I created a spiderscribe.net web example featuring some of the elements mentioned in this episode. You can check it out over at bit.ly slash udlnext spiderscribe. That's bit.ly slash udlnext spiderscribe. You'll notice in that map that I mentioned that Beth Poss and I will be presenting a two-day pre-conference down at ATIA in Orlando, Florida on January 29th and January 30th called Mission Possible, Proliferating a Culture of Universal Design for Learning. Registration is now open, so you can read all about it and sign up over at bit.ly slash missionatia. That's bit.ly slash missionatia, and that's all lowercase. Remember, you can sign up for each day separately, but we'd love to have you there for both days. Also, I wanted to let you know that I'll be the facilitator for a six-week online course about universal design for learning available from the International Society for Technology and Education. If you're interested in learning more about UDL, or if you know someone interested in learning more about UDL, the information about the course can be found at bit.ly slash UDL course. You got to get on that one soon because it starts September 10th. Also, as luck would have it, as I was putting this episode together, Paul Hamilton, an educator working in British Columbia, wrote me on Twitter to let me know about his new UDL resource called, well, it's called UDL Resource, which you can find over at, well, udlresource.com. That's udlresource.com. The site is extremely well organized with information on UDL and engaging tools that can be used to represent information in a variety of ways and options for students to express what they know. In fact, it's so good, I'm calling it AT tip number 289. I'll have a link to it along with everything else I've mentioned in this episode over at the blog attipscast.com. Finally, in an episode titled UDL Next, I thought it might be a fitting to explain what's next for me. When I first started doing the AT Tips cast back in 2007, I had quite a bit more time than I do now. Specifically, my family was younger, smaller, and slept way more frequently. It was relatively easy to slam out some work on an AT Tips cast episode during weekend nap times and one or two nights a week while the rest of the household slumbered. Now, my family is growing up a bit, and weekend nap times are quickly fading away. On many days, we attempt to convert nap time into quiet time, where everyone goes off to do their own things. But as I look at my seven-year-old son staring at me, asking me to play with him, I can't shake the feeling that these moments won't be coming back. I want to soak them up while they're here. On the other hand, I still thoroughly enjoy putting the AT Tips cast together. By episode three of the AT Tips cast, it occurred to me that the world needed a fun and engaging way to learn about technology to help students with or without disabilities. I've tried to include fictional stories, audio dramas, sound effects, analogies, and some really, really, really hokey corndoggish jokes because my hope was that those methods would be engaging ways to make things stick. 
The goal was to get you to say, oh, cool, a new AT Tips Cast episode came out. I wonder what nonsense Chris has cooked up today. You know, fun while learning. For adults, too. Just because you're a professional doesn't mean you can't have fun, right? All of that makes doing the AT Tips Cast a lot of fun for me, and I can't see myself giving it up anytime soon. But I can see myself slowing down a bit. I plan to have 20 episodes per season of the AT Tips Cast, and I hit that mark each year. Some seasons even had a few special episodes thrown in. But with my kids growing older, I don't think I'm going to be able to maintain that pace into future seasons. I might have to cut back a touch. So, what's next for me? Well, definitely more episodes of the AT Tips cast, I promise you that. But there'll also be more time with my wife and family, just as it should be. So until next time, may all your interventions be inclusive, and may all your strategies be supportive. (laughs) 